This is episode 24 of Kicker and the Waterboy, and we have one question. Who's ready for some milkshakes? Here we go. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 24. Thanks a lot for tuning in, and we hope you all had an excellent week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a, like a bunch of assignments that we had due last week, so we decided to take it off. So it sort of figures that last week it was a great week of football, and I'm a little sad that we missed talking about it, but it's all good, and school definitely comes first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we hope you had an excellent Halloween and have adjusted to standard time swimmingly. Mm-hmm. Yep. In protest of changing, we are recording at the exact same time that we would have if not for the time change. So that's just how I feel about it. Yep. Consistency. So let's start things off with our NFL summaries. Um, Thursday night's game, Falcons 25, Panthers 17. Hey, I mean, the Falcons didn't lose a leap this time. Wow. I mean, it's a pretty big surprise. Uh, Sunday slate started with this, the Patriots 21, the Bills 24, a Cam Newton fumble with less than a minute, saw the Bills take this critical matchup between AFC East opponents. Mm-hmm. Titans 20, Bengals 31. Joe Burrow led his team to take out one of the top sides in the AFC. And looked good while doing it. Uh, the other Ohio team, Raiders 16, Browns 6. Uh, the wind was the MVP in this one as the field goals from both teams looked exactly like one of my golf drives. Going one way and then hooking back the other really fast. Excellent self-awareness, Ryan. Colts 41, Lions 21. Um, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this correctly. Naheem Hines scored two touchdowns for the Colts and had a handspring front flip celebration on each one. Yep, I saw him in high school. He didn't celebrate by doing that or anything. So I feel a little sad that I missed that. Uh, next, Next game, Vikings 28, Packers 22. Dalvin Cook scored all four touchdowns for Minnesota. Devontae Adams caught all three for Green Bay. And honestly, this is going to make game balls pretty easy. Mm -hmm. Jets 9, Chiefs 35. The Chiefs were 19.5 point favorites, the largest of the season so far, and covered it with ease. Yes, indeed. Dolphins 28, Rams 17. An incredible defensive first half for the Dolphins gave Tua Tungavailoa his first NFL, or his first win as an NFL starter. Steelers 28, Ravens 24. This game of the week saw the Steelers come back in the fourth quarter to get their seventh win. Yeah, very back and forth. Great game. Uh, Broncos 31, Chargers 30, a semi-controversial pass interference call with a second left gave Denver one last chance. They converted the touchdown, and the Chargers blew a 16-plus point lead for the fourth week in a row. Saints 26, Bears 23. This game got excited in the fourth when the Bears came back to send the game to overtime, where Will Lutz won the game for the Saints. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Seahawks, 37, 49ers, 10 less than that. DK Metcalf set a career high in catches to cement the Seahawks in first place in the NFC West. Mm-hmm. Eagles, 23, Cowboys, 9. Um, nothing wrong about JMU or North Dakota State, but, um, you know, kind of a subpar game overall. I'd say that's pretty accurate. Uh, that, of course, being in reference to the uh, – the two quarterbacks who were playing 
And that brings us to the Monday night game, which has not happened yet. The Buccaneers are visiting the Giants as 12-point favorites. How do you think that game is going to go? Um, I think if the Buccaneers lose, they're going to blame it on MetLife Field because that's what you do if you lose at MetLife Field. I'm kidding. <laughs> but for real, though, I think, I don't know if this will be super close. Buccaneers are uh, firing off cylinders now. Tom Brady is been spot on as of late and the Giants have been not spot on as of late and uh, I guess it'll be Buccaneers winning by you know I'll go 21 or 17 17 that's it Mm -hmm. I can see it happening Um, because I picked this earlier I like the Giants to keep this one close but I do think the Buccaneers win by probably a touchdown or so Alright, moving on now to games worth discussing. Let's start with the Dolphins-Rams game. The Dolphins' defense was phenomenal, but Ryan, how did you feel about Tua's performance? I think he did all that he needed to do. Um, the stat line, it wasn't super impressive. I think he threw for less than 100 yards, but I mean, he did what he had to. I don't think... Uh, I think on like the second snap he turned the ball over, but I can't remember any other turnovers aside from that. And I mean, he was able to lead his team to victory, even though it wasn't a super impressive numbers day. So again, congrats on winning number uh, game number one. Absolutely, yeah. Congratulations to Tua for sure. Um, he's kind of in a tough position. He's a lot of pressure on one with. Uh, people who think Fitzpatrick should still be playing. And and also, Justin Herbert was drafted ahead of him. And so, he's always going to be, well, not always, but right now, he's going to be compared to how Justin Herbert is doing. But it's his first start, and he did what he needed to get the win. And in the NFL, wins are what matters. So, congrats to it, and looking forward to seeing you playing going forward. Yep, certainly. The Dolphins look dangerous, but the Rams... Less so. Uh, they're 5-3, and three, I believe. Do you think that they're a playoff team? Um, man. No, I don't. They're, they're uh, uh, I guess I just wasn't super impressed with them when I watched. I guess if they somehow keep getting wins, then I won't be surprised if they snuck into a third wild card spot. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I haven't been overly impressed with them so far. Um, I mean, they've gotten wins, but I think four of them, four out of their five wins are against the uh, NFC least. So so when you take that into oh, wow. consideration, they're, they're just one and three. So, so I don't know. Um, Honestly, I don't think that they'll make the playoffs even with the expanded format. That's my prediction. Solid. All right, next game uh, worth discussing. Steelers 28, Ravens 24. The Steelers are the only undefeated team remaining at 7-0. and How long do you think they can keep their perfect record? So this is their schedule through the month of November. They go to Dallas next week. They play Cincinnati They go to Jacksonville. Then on Thanksgiving, they'll play Baltimore again. 
Honestly, I don't know. I think that they can like ease through the next three games. It'll be Baltimore that's the big test. But um, I'll say I'll, I'll go 10-0. and 0. Honestly, that's a big prediction and stuff, but, but I just don't see that any of those three teams, Cincinnati, Dallas, or Jacksonville, beating the Steelers. Yeah, I agree. I think the game against... Dallas will be a classic because it's the Cowboys. Um, but I think the Steelers will win that one. I think they'll definitely beat Cincinnati and Jacksonville. Um, and unless, I'd say unless Lamar Jackson um, improves a little bit more as a passer, specifically as passing outside the numbers, I think they'll beat Baltimore as well. But, you know, that's a month from now. And... Lamar Jackson definitely improved to lend, so I'll I'll say ten and zero as well. Mm, on the topic of Lamar Jackson, let's talk about his team. Are the Ravens in trouble moving forward with possible injuries and things like that? Um, hmm. I'm gonna say no. Um, I think they'll get a wild card spot in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be fine, but there are a bunch of like considerations going into this next week. Uh, Ronnie Stanley, he's going to be out for the year. He's their starting left guard, I think. Yeah, you're right. Um, let's see, Marlon Humphrey, he's out at least a week, I believe, with the coronavirus. He tested positive for it earlier on Monday. And honestly, the uh, the Ravens' offense didn't look super spectacular yesterday. Maybe it was just against the um, the Steelers' defense, but I don't know. I think they'll be fine, but they do have some kinks to work out. Yep, absolutely. And the final game we'll discuss is the Seahawks 49ers game. The Seahawks won 37-27. So... How can you stop the Seahawks offense? I really don't know. Their thing is they have two great receivers in Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. And if you put your star cornerback, because you figure every team has at least one like top-tier cornerback to cover a receiver, if you put one of them on one receiver who had a big week last week as uh, – the 49ers did they put um Richard Sherman on Tyler Lockett they'll just throw the other way as uh DK Metcalf he had 12 catches and two touchdowns plus like their system is built so the running back is like uh the running back is not super critical they had their um fourth string running back in and he uh he carried the weight did the job so it's a very hard to stop offense. You can only hope to keep up with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not really sure how exactly. I think putting a top corner on a receiver is a start. I think having one linebacker just tracking Russell Wilson the whole time is good because he's a very talented runner. So keeping you know, close tabs on him with that threat. Um. Because if you bless him, he's really smart and can pick that apart. If you don't, I mean, <laughs> he'll probably still pick you apart. But, um, yeah, I guess definitely having one linebacker, 
quote unquote spying on him on Russell Wilson and then gosh maybe just play zone coverage with the defensive backs I think that's your best bet mm-hmm. while we're on the topic of Russell Wilson uh, we're at the halfway point of the year weeks wise is Russell Wilson the MVP um mid-season MVP or end of the year MVP um yeah, let's let's just go midseason. In these first eight weeks, has he been MVP? Um, I'd say first eight weeks, sure. Yeah, I'll give him MVP. Yeah. Mm, I'd agree with that as well. Like, even if you include last week's performance with three interceptions, he's done so much aside from that. I think he's in good shape. Absolutely. All right, let's moving on now to overreactions. Um, I guess we'll get started with the first one. The Dallas Cowboys will trade for a quarterback before Tuesday's deadline. So when you look at the quarterback play uh, recently, Dak Prescott, he was doing well, but he's out for the year and out of the equation. Andy Dalton hasn't been doing that great, honestly. And um, he was out last week with a concussion and could be out again in this upcoming week against Pittsburgh. And then Ben DiNucci, he... um, I mean, it was his first game, but honestly, he didn't look that great in my opinion. Some of that can be credited to drops, but also there were a handful of passes that could have been intercepted. So if I'm Dallas and I'm only a game back from first place, I would say uh, this is not an overreaction. They should trade for a quarterback. Yeah, I agree. I do not think it's an overreaction. I think they should... Go out and try to get Fitzpatrick, honestly. Like, um, Fitzpatrick was doing well. Um, it can't hurt too much. I think Fitzpatrick really wants to just play, like, be a starter. And Cowboys need a starting quarterback. Yeah, that'd be a good fit. And also, like, he wouldn't have any, like, rust coming off, I guess you would say, because he's still, he just right. played a couple weeks ago. So, uh, potential overreaction, too. I mean, I guess this leads in kind of perfectly. The Miami Dolphins, which Ryan Fitzpatrick is on, will make the playoffs. Overreaction or no? I don't think it is, no. I think the AFC East is still certainly up for grabs. And um, their defense is a playoff-caliber defense that can carry them. Uh, I think if Tua is consistent and does what he needs to do, I think it's very possible for the Dolphins to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I made the decision of uh, benching their defense this week in my fantasy football league. I don't think I'll make that mistake again. But I, <laughs> I agree. I don't think it's an overreaction. The, the team that we saw yesterday definitely looked good enough to make the postseason. Mm-hmm. Our third potential overreaction at 2-5. and five, the Minnesota Vikings should go all in to make the playoffs. I say this is an overreaction in that they should not uh, go all in. Um, as you mentioned, their record is 2-5, and five, and they're in a pretty strong division with the uh, Packers and the Bears. Um, honestly, we're, they're in fourth place right now because even the, uh, the Lions have more wins. But... <laughs> But Kirk Cousins, he he really hasn't been that inspiring. I think he's thrown 
10 interceptions so far this season. Um, yeah, I think this would be an okay season to just semi-tank, I guess, not go in to make the playoffs, just, uh, I, I don't know, just be happy with um, with the wins that you get and don't, like, try and trade more to get to get more wins. Yeah, um, I guess it is an overreaction just because it says all in. In my opinion, they shouldn't be going out and making a whole bunch of trades or signing players. But, hey, I mean, if they're going out and they beat all the rest of their division opponents, they may find themselves in a pretty good spot. Mm-hmm. Good point. And speaking of, well, you said they could be in a good spot. Let's talk about a team that isn't in one, the 0-8 Jets. Uh, final overreaction of the week, the New York Jets will go 0-16. Oh, man. You know, I'm going to say no, it's not overreaction. I think their best chances of winning will probably be against New England. But they still need to play New England twice. And even home against Cleveland, too. I would be surprised if they end up being the Browns. But I don't think they will. <laughs> mm-hmm. I say it is an overreaction. I think, like, as as bad as this team is, I think that you have to be, like, perhaps I should say a special kind of bad to go 0-16. And I think that this team has a win in them. And I agree with you, New England and Cleveland are probably the two best opportunities for that to happen. 